Hi guys, it's Tats here from Castagra, and you're listening to Specify, the Building Materials, Coatings, and Construction Podcast. On this podcast, we'll explore the innovation side of the industry and take a look at how companies and individuals innovate and succeed. Today's guest is Jeff McCurdy, who's an entrepreneur and a contractor in the roofing trade. I've worked with Jeff on a few projects, and he's always a wealth of information and is always looking for new and innovative ways to grow. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you for having me, Tats. I love the podcast so far. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jeff. Can you fill the listeners in a little bit on your background? Sure. So... Kind of got into roof coatings organically. My uh, my father does that, has for many years. And uh, on occasion, I'd work with him on a project, but I was really kind of on the grunt end of it there. I didn't care about the specs or anything that way. And when I decided to leave my career and in sales and really start pursuing this, I started getting just real heavy on all of the specs and everything that way. And that kind of really opened me up that there's a lot of difference in these things. And so now I do still work with uh, one contracting company, and I also work on training other contractors' crews to apply coatings properly and to do them better. Great. You you just mentioned that you really got into specs. That can be quite a confusing process for for people, kind of overwhelming. What's what's your process sort of to sift through all that stuff? When I first started it, I was kind of just, okay, this one says this is better. I don't know what better means because I have no understanding of what all these numbers actually mean. So I was just comparing numbers with no real understanding. So... That kind of led me to, I need to test this stuff on my own, because really, when you look at a spec sheet, most of us don't know what all of these numbers mean. We're just comparing numbers that don't have a meaning. So that led me to kind of turning my garage into a test lab. And (laughs) that is, I mean, anything I can think of now to put a product through the ringer, that's what I do now. That's fantastic. Now, what when you say putting it through the ringer, what do you mean? Like, Give us some examples of some of the stuff that you've done. So one of the most important things for any coating is adhesion. So the number one thing that I recommend, and every contractor really ought to be doing this, don't trust a piece of paper with your license. That, that second piece of paper is way more important. So I like to start off with a pull test. Because I come from a a background of doing silicone roofs, I just did silicone as the kind of the base. So I don't, I'm not actually measuring PSI when I'm doing my tests or anything that way. I'm getting a baseline and a more practical real life application. So all I do, I take a piece of peel and stick roofing, attach that to a, a piece of plywood, And then I'll do a pull test, just like every contractor should be doing before they trust any coating on any substrate. Just going to put down some silicone, put down the piece of tape, the same tape that you use for three-coursing, put some silicone over the top of that, let it cure fully, I get that reading. So in the case of silicone, most of my readings were about 28 pounds on a a fish scale. So that was kind of my baseline. Then I take 
any other coding that I'm considering, do the exact same test and compare that to the silicone grading. So that actually kind of brings into how you and I got connected. I'd received a sample yeah. of Ecador and ran that first test. And I actually thought I must have been doing something wrong because my fish scale didn't go up high enough to get me an accurate reading. So I'd called Matt and I'm going, well, what am I missing here, man? There, there, there has to be some give and take here. And that led me into a bunch of other tests with any product I run now because I've found that I really enjoy this. And the data mm -hmm. that I get, even though it's not scientifically obtained, like your ANSI tests will be or anything that way, it's real life. It's practical. So we now will take just pieces of press board because, you know, press board gets really spongy if any water gets into it. So SpongeBorg is a perfect medium for testing how much water is actually being kept out by a coating. So we'll cut up a couple inches by a couple inches, squares of those, dip those into various coatings products, and then I let them soak in a bucket for months. And then I'll take the saw out, cut them in half, and see which ones have sponged and which ones haven't. Now, for people that are not as close to roofing and, and coatings as you are, what are, you know, when you talked about adhesion, what are the benefits? Like the benefits that a contractor or an owner or a specifier would see out of higher adhesion? What's the sort of the downstream benefit? A number of things. I mean, first off, whether you're working on a roof or especially if you're doing driveways or garages or anything that way, the better your adhesion, the better chance that this product isn't going to fail. You don't want hot tires, for example, are a really classic cause of failure for a lot of epoxies. And so, you know, you get that hot tire, it sits there, it's kind of melting the epoxy. And if you don't have good adhesion, next time you pull out of your driveway, you're going to see right where you were parked. And it's going to be a big bare spot on your garage. So the <laughs> adhesion is what's keeping it in place. The other thing that we've found, depending on the adhesion of various products, again, like Ecador, is the amount of prep that we have to do changes based on how much adhesion we have. So we do a lot of different tests. I've run tests over dirty surfaces, freshly pressure washed, everything that way. And anything over 50 pounds really impresses me. So if I can achieve that with a minimal amount of prep, well, now I'm saving a ton of labor costs because we're not having to run all these other things. So it's good to know what your adhesion rates are. And it's also good to know where those parameters are. Like, do I need, am I only getting this adhesion with a spotlessly, I would eat off of this surface, or am I getting really good <laughs> adhesion, even if the guys miss a spot here and there? That's true. Because out in the field, a lot of times you get calls and the situation is not ideal and anything that can give you an edge is, is uh, very beneficial. Now, with doing these sort of tests, you mentioned earlier that I got the impression that not everyone was, was doing this. What, what are they doing wrong? In general, I just don't think that enough contractors are doing their own performance testing. You should see the garage at my house. So I have a flat roof over my garage, mm -hmm. and I specialize in flat roofs. So... My garage roof is now just 
patchwork after patchwork, this coding, that coding, everything, because I wanted some real <laughs> longer term tests to see how well different products were going to age, figure out which ones were going to allow the asphalt to bleed through, which ones were going to block bleeding. So you can't see it from the street. I'm not making my house an eyesore, but I, I get up there probably once or twice a month and I'll try a different product out. I just paint it on. I'll do a pull test there. I've had a couple of products that had to have gone so well, adhered so well that I had to patch holes because the, <laughs> uh, the product, specifically Ecador there again, when I did the pull test, it actually ripped the substrate apart. <laughs> so because of all this testing, I've developed a real intimate knowledge. I know where I can apply this product where I can't apply that product, everything that way. So my big thing is always just encouraging contractors, do your own testing because then you know. That's that's fantastic. And being that wealth of knowledge is certainly going to set you apart with your competitors because at the end of the day, you're trying to make your customers successful. So that's extremely good. Now, what about the... With contractors, they're, they're hands-on, they, they understand how to do things. But what about someone that may not have that experience? Maybe they're a bit more back in the office, but they have an influence over how these things are going to go. How do they access the real information? How do they cut through the marketing BS and sort of get through and find out what the real deal is? What, what do you recommend for them? Go talk to your guys that are in the field. Those are the guys that are going to know. And talk to your distributors. You'll be amazed how much knowledge distributors have and how much they'll give you that maybe they shouldn't sometimes. But <laughs> you can talk to your distributors and say, hey, I'm comparing product A to product B. Have you had any failures on either one? And that's a good place to get that information because you can talk to the manufacturer and say, hey, what's your failure rate? And every manufacturer is going to say, zero. We've never had a failure. Never happens. <laughs> But your distributors know, and it doesn't really matter to them which, if they're selling both product A and B, they want you to buy the best one because they want to keep your business. So they're going to steer you toward the product that's going to be more successful. So that's another good place. But if you're not the hands-on guy, find somebody in your crew that is hands-on and have them start running some of your own tests. I just, for me, I don't trust anybody's data but my own. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, you talked about data, you talked about hands-on. What about other resources? You know, are there websites or are there other ways that you gather information that you know, people should know about? Forums are great. Contractors do get onto forums. Even Facebook, you can find uh, roofing groups where contractors will say, hey, I just tried this product and it worked great, or hey, watch out, I just tried this product and this just cost me the whole job. And YouTube, you can find so much stuff on YouTube. You can find just about any product on earth being evaluated and not necessarily always by the manufacturer. That's great, absolutely. There's a community out there somewhere about the product they're interested that they've done some of the testing themselves. So definitely be able to leverage off other people's sort of tests as a starting point is definitely a great idea. Now, you talked about the testing side, but out in the field, there's a lot of challenges you sort of face that you have to be 
on your sort of feed and you have to solve problems on the fly. What is what is the toughest thing about your job, your day-to-day? So in roofing, nobody's calling me out if their roof is in great shape. Nobody says, you know, this roof is holding up really well. I think it's about time. We only get called out after things are starting to fail. So we've got to first off evaluate, is this roof even in good enough shape to be a candidate for coding? There's been jobs that we've had to walk away from because it was so rotten out from underneath that there was just not a coding solution for that. So knowing your products, knowing what their limitations are is absolutely important. And then no job ever presents all of its difficulties initially. You've got to be able to adapt in the field. So we've had projects where everything looked fine. We've done a couple of walkthroughs, done our prep, everything that way. Somehow we must have been sweeping one direction and not back the other direction this whole time. And we find out that in an entire section of Torchdown, not even attached to this roof. It oh, wow. was just laying up there. I think one side had been torched about 50% of it. So it was kind of sticking there. It wasn't going to fly away, but it was just like a big flap. So we're already in the wow. in the process. So again, it comes down to knowing your products and what product can I use to fix this situation? Because I got three guys standing around getting paid for nothing until I figure this out. Yes. Well, that that must be very stressful. And if you had to communicate to your client, if there is a change in the plan and maybe there's an additional cost, that must be a very hard conversation to have. Customers, clients do not like change orders. That is, I mean, change order might as well be a four-letter word. (laughs) Oh, definitely. uh, Surprises are definitely a very, very difficult on the job. So you've dealt with a lot of different surprises as you've sort of built up your career. Now, you've learned a lot along the way. If you had to give yourself some advice before you or something that you wish you knew before you started, what, what would be that sort of information that you pass on to yourself? Never miss a product training. <laughs> I mean, a lot of guys especially as they're working their way up, they don't think, hey, this is important to me. I just do what the boss tells me or something that way. But the more you know about the products that you're using, the better you're going to be at doing them, the more efficient you're going to be at doing your job. So any product training that comes out, even if it's not a product that's on my radar, these things are usually free. You're going to get a free lunch and you're going to learn something. My application method for roof coatings now is probably a combination of things that I learned from five different manufacturers. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So you're basically taking the best that worked for different places and sort of combining it in to something that sort of is just uniquely yours, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to go to these product trainings and I'm not necessarily always there for product knowledge. That part's nice. But I'm very interested in what are these application methods? What are other people figuring out works? Because I am not so egotistical as to think that I am the smartest guy in any room. If somebody's got something that works for them, I am all ears. That sounds fantastic. Now, you talked about smartest 
person in the room, but who who have you noticed out in this sort of field or it doesn't have to be related to the building materials area? Who inspires you or really impresses you on how they're approaching things on innovation or anything along those lines? There are so, so many. If you read through like Codings Pro magazine, I know it's dull subject matter if you're not in the in the world, but there are some really good contractors that are pushing the limits and figuring out that we can do this. We can be a better industry. And you'll see a lot of those guys featured in Codings Pro and other industry magazines. So I definitely look up to a lot of these guys. They've taken the time to record and learn their processes and write them down for the publication. So those guys, I I really, every issue has one or two projects that I'm like, wow, that is a cool, cool project. And whenever I see that, it gets me motivated to get my next really cool project because I like the attention and I like being written up. So it's, (laughs) it's fun for me to get that acknowledgement. But there, you know, it's all over the place. The engineers, Geico, are really, really good engineers. They're coming out with some really cool new stuff in the next year or so. I've had some phone calls with them, trying to get an understanding for what is this going to change, everything that way. And at Castagra, I've met some really inspiring people. You know Peter well. That guy inspires the heck out of me every time I talk to him. <laughs> and he he just might be the smartest person in most rooms that he's in. But those little chance meetings that you just go, wow, all of a sudden I'm fired up and I'm ready to work. Or when you hear that new technique from a guy that doesn't even know he's telling you something earth shattering, he's just telling you how he does it. And then you go, wow, I never thought of it that way. I'm excited. Now I want to get back onto a roof and go try it this new way. Wow, that's fantastic. You have that sort of appetite and curiosity. And I I think that's what really makes you successful. You're on the front lines, grinding it out and really sort of implementing change. And I, I really like what you guys do and, and how you approach things. And I'm sure some of the uh, the audience has probably got a few ideas that they can use as well. Now, where can the audience go to learn more about you? Like, how, how can they find you? Right now, I am actually working on a few projects. So as a consultant, I have a company called Kuru Co. It's uh, short for Cool Roofs and Coatings. Not my most creative moment, but I was finding myself there applying for a fictitious business name, and realized I didn't know what I was going to call my company. So you can go to kuruco.com, and I also have several videos showing different testing methods specifically related to Ecador, but I'm going to be putting some others up as well, some comparisons and stuff, at copacopacodings.com. Great. Now, is there anything I should have asked but didn't? No, what I was thinking as we were going through, thinking back on a couple of my other answers, when you said, sounds like I have fun with it and stuff that way, whether you're working on cement coatings, which I've done and really enjoyed, or if you're working on roof coatings or really anything, if you're not getting out there and innovating, trying new things and learning new materials, it's kind of boring. You're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I can't work like that. I think part of the reason, if you're finding yourself bored doing the same thing over and over again, 
find a new product, test it, explore it. Because that stuff just brings me, it's what keeps me in this industry and keeps me wanting to come back day after day. It's not the, I have so much fun mixing buckets and working a squeegee. Not that I mind that part, but that's not what keeps me motivated to do it. It's always the new products. How far can I push this? What can I do to have the best product out there? And if you get into it and do it from that standpoint, I think you'll find this industry still has a lot of fun left to be had. Wow. Thank you. I can definitely feel your, your passion for it. And innovation is a topic that I love. So every time I talk to you, I get energized as well. So thank you so much for that. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And I really want to thank uh, Jeff for taking the time to, to talk to us today. If you have any comments or, or feedback, please leave it in the uh, comment section. And I want to thank you again for listening. And I will talk to you soon. Bye for today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.